here. And, and all the English are going, um, you know, I, I don't know, are we? What's your political persuasion? Are you an innie or an outie? It was a bit of a hesitant kind of moment, wasn't it? But anyway, regardless of that, thank you, Josh. It's great that the nations, God is the God of the nations, isn't he? Now, as uh, Rachel said, one of the things that I have the privilege of doing right now is just welcoming some uh, new members uh, into City Hope. So if they're here, uh, of the three of them, you can all stand. We'll give you a rousing round of applause at the end. So uh, Hannah Kelly, who I know isn't here because she became a member and then has gone off to university. So she's not here. And then she went off this week. Hannah Kelly, uh, Monica McDowell. Monica, I don't know if you're around. Monica's over there. And Smitta Nelapati. I'm sorry, Smitta. So welcome. Thank you very much. Wonderful to have you uh, as members. If you are new to the church, please look out for the introduction to City Hopes and the commitment to membership sessions, which is where you find out more about becoming a member uh, of City Hope. So, um, oh, I've just, what did I do? This is the new technology as well. I'll keep going. So... I don't know if this was just a reminder that they wanted pointing out about the new microphone and all the hard work that the uh, audiovisual team had done after poor old Julian yesterday, uh, last week, really, that the mic was going horribly wrong. So they bought this new mic this week. Here it is. I know. It just some of us will make it look good. And anyway, just yes. Yeah, so, so hopefully. Um, yeah, anyway, so hopefully it's going to work and you'll all be able to hear me and hopefully you'll want to hear me as well, which is probably just as important. So uh, this morning is our special offering Sunday. We're going to be taking up the special offering uh, at the end of the service or as we uh, have a time of worship again. Uh, and as you can see, I've called the talk Building for God's Glory, which is what we want about ultimately as a church, as a people, as, uh, as Christians. We want to see God's glory, don't we? touching our lives, touching the life of the church, touching the lives of people around us and the communities around us, and indeed, of course, across the whole world. And a verse here from Habakkuk, quite a, in some ways quite a well-known sort of single-line prophecy because it's got just an exciting big scale to it. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And if you like, it's a big prayer, isn't it? That we would see God's glory come in such a way and at moments and times around us uh, and across the whole world that the knowledge of God's glory would be like the waters cover the sea, which is total, right? The, the waters cover the sea completely. They are water. So it's like this total kind of uh, big prophecy, prophetic vision of uh, this guy Habakkuk here that in some ways encapsulates something of what our heart is a church and indeed every church all around the world, all of God's people. And we're going to pick up a story in Exodus where God gets the Israelites to build for his glory, to build for his presence with them. Now, Exodus, lots of Exodus is a relatively well-known book because it's at the start of it. It's where you have the amazing, uh, very well-known story of uh, God and Moses, or God through Moses, bringing the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt through uh, the ten plagues and all the rest of it. And it all starts off really very excitingly. And uh, the Israelites, I say, they're in Egypt. Moses keeps going to the Pharaoh, let my people go. Sends a plague because Pharaoh won't let them go. He says they'll let them go. Then he says he won't let them go. So he sends another plague. Eventually they get out. And the Israelites are freed from slavery. They're redeemed. They go through uh, the Red Sea. It's just an amazing 
uh, sort of few chapters, very well-known Bible story, and sets a motif of God's redemption purposes, God's salvation throughout the whole of the rest of the Bible, really, uh, about how God saves and rescues his people. And he leads the Israelites into the promised land and then starts taking them uh, through the wilderness, often not the way that it should have happened, but taking them through the wilderness to get them to the promised land to be their God, for them to be his people. is a phrase often seen throughout the Old Testament. I will be your God, you will be my people. I will be your God, you will be my people. And he he sort of helps Israelites form this community of worshipping people to build for his glory, for God to dwell among them. And we're just going to pick up in Exodus 25, a very specific moment uh, where God is shaping them to how they need to build for God's dwelling to be uh, God dwelling among them. So here we are. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to bring me an offering. You are to receive the offering for me from everyone whose hearts prompts them to give. These are the offerings you are to receive from them gold, silver, and bronze, blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, fine linen, goat hair. That's what God was after. He wants some goat hair, just in case you're wondering. Ramskins, uh, dyed red, and another type of durable leather, which he hasn't seemed to say about. There we go, acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and for the fragrant insects, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the effort and breastpiece. Then let them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. So he's led them, there's a few other things happen, but he's led them out of Egypt, he's redeemed them, he's saved them, he's taken them through the Red Sea. He started giving them a few laws and stuff. The Ten Commandments have appeared on the scene. This is how I want you to live. And now he's saying, look, I want to dwell among you. This is this huge honour, this great privilege of being God's people. The thing that Moses elsewhere in the book said, this is what has to happen. God, if you don't go with us, there's no point us going anywhere. Again, something of the cry of our hearts. If God is not with us, what's the point? We want to be a people filled with his presence and his glory and him leading us and him speaking to us prophetically and seeing his kingdom come, not just doing our own ideas. If God isn't with us, if we're not a dwelling of God, then almost what's the point? That's the distinction, isn't it? We believe God is really with us. We are his people. And he says, I'm going to dwell among you. That's what I want you to do. But to do that for them, they had to build a sanctuary, a tabernacle. They were going to have to do something, uh, among many other things, to build towards God's presence being with them. And he says, uh, make all his furnishings exactly as the pattern, uh, like the pattern I'll show you. And then this wonderful book of Exodus that has all these amazing uh, miraculous plagues and uh, incredible sort of well-known stories. Then for chapter after chapter, God describes the tabernacle furnishings basically after this verse. It is exceedingly dull. Exodus is one of the dullest books, I think, of the Bible. It describes all sorts of things that he once made, lampstands and altars and tables and incense and special oil and the tent itself, and it describes it in really quite a lot of detail. Here we are, don't go anywhere please, one place, build an altar of acacia wood, three cubits high, it is to be square, five cubits long, five cubits wide. Make a horn at each of the four corners so that the horns and altar are of one piece and uh, and overlay the altar with bronze. 
And chapter after chapter after chapter, following on, so God says, get the Israelites to make an offering to me. I want to dwell with them. Make it like this. And then a few other things happen. We'll come back to that. And then God, or the book of Exodus, repeats itself. It's unbelievably dull at this point. It repeats itself later on. Let me show you the next one. So first chapter 27, now to chapter 38. So they built an, uh, the altar of burnt offering of acacia wood, three cubits high. It was square, five cubits long and five cubits wide. They made a horn at each of the four corners, so that the horns and the altar were of one piece, and they overlaid the altar with bronze. And it goes on like that, chapter after chapter, following on from God's descriptions, uh, now saying that they actually did it. You would have thought they could have just said they did it. But it follows it through in great detail. And it honestly is quite dull to read, but there's huge importance, therefore, being shown and attached to this in terms of what God wanted to communicate to the people and how we need to receive the whole message. Of God really had a plan of how he wanted things done, that it's that his glory could dwell among them, and he wanted them to be obedient and to make it happen. Now, obviously, for us, we're not giving goat hair, and we're not building these things. But there's a real principle there that God has a plan, and he wants us to be following him, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself, to go into all the world and make disciples. He knows what he's called us to do, and he wants us to be getting on with it. And it's important, and it's massively emphasized in an incredibly dull and laborious way towards the second half of Exodus. He describes it all, and then it just follow through and says it all gets done as he said. Now, both those sections are prefaced in the same uh, or in a similar way. The first one, the verses we've just read, God says, Tell the Israelites to take up an offering, do all these things. And there are some other things happen if you follow the story through. But then the second one, is prefaced, sorry, if you could move me on. Otherwise, I'll have to go to the, uh. here we go, thank you. And the second one is prefaced by them actually taking up the offering before they then get on with it. So uh, they received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary. And the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work of the Lord, uh, doing the work the Lord commanded to be done, sorry. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. It's an amazing moment of the generosity of the, the Israelite people giving to the sanctuary, giving to the vision of having God dwell among them and seeing his glory extended. It captured their heart. Even all the details, even all the dull bits of five cubits wide and being square and everything, but it captured them. They heard it all. In their hearts they said, I want to be part of God dwelling with us. And they gave to it uh, so much so that they could say, stop, we've got enough as God's sort of generosity poured through them, and then all the rest of the chapters get quite dull again, as they then build this thing and say it's done exactly as uh, God had described to them in the first place. Now, as I say, we obviously don't uh, give in this uh, manner. We go here, and we are not building a tabernacle, literally. But I just want to tell one or two stories of some of the things that have been going on just recently, as we talked to a few people um, Oh, I'm stuck again on that. 
So, poor old Abby. Please, if you need to, that's not coming up. There it is. Please, could the owner of GK63 YouTube Black Honda move their vehicle? <laughs> so I was chatting to Sue Ferret and the work of CAP which is to see God's glory come in terms of seeing people set free from debt and to take the message of Jesus to them. She told me not so long ago, uh, I mean, quite short term, one of her clients said to her, I can sleep now. I've not been sleeping because of the pressures of debt. And, uh, and Sue had gone and done, if you've ever been on a visit to Sue, it's amazing to see her in action. I've only done it once, but the way she can engage with people and, uh, and do the stuff in terms of the stuff that Cap needs to get done in terms of the debt advice thing, but also just reaching people with Jesus and the way she engages with people. And she had a client say to her, I'm sleeping now because some of the pressures of debt have been relieved. That's like the glory of God coming, isn't it? She has a, a really quite an amusing story. Of she's often in court with people, just helping make sure they don't go under when it gets to literally the stage of um, uh, eviction or and kind of fighting causes and trying to help people out that way. Uh, somebody got off at the last minute, sort of 11th an hour, and was so over the moon, said to the judge, can I come and kiss you? Which I think was turned down and wasn't maybe that pro But something of the moment as the work of CAP that we're involved with. Now, just to say, uh, you know, CAP's a great work. We, back at the start of the uh, financial year, we increased our giving to CAP in terms of work. That was kind of where we're at, what we needed to do as well in terms of supporting CAP more thoroughly. But that was just one part of obviously where we give our money to. Uh, and we extended it and, um, and grew it. Uh, the whole stuff we do overseas, globally, which costs a, a reasonable amount of money, if you like. And again, it's a little while ago, back in the summer, had the privilege of uh, Nicholas and Elaine, who work out in Guinea, were with us over the summer for a bit. During the middle of the week, we were in one of the staff prayer meetings. And um, they just really shared. He was almost quite uh, moved about the difference Dave and Leslie have made to them in terms of just supporting and loving them and helping them through in uh, f where they've had times felt on their own and been in tough environment, obviously with a country ravaged by uh, Ebola and even some of the church dying and the poverty just generally and then running a school and trying to keep that going and the, just the pressures they face on a daily basis. They've got a great church, great elders, but Dave and Leslie coming in and supporting them, he was just, I mean, he, he did say, he basically said, I'm not sure we'd have made it if it wasn't for them. And just an amazing thing, the glory of God coming through our giving and what we're able to do and touching lives in, in that fashion. And obviously there's a real sense in which that is not uh, particularly cheap, if you like, in terms of paying for flights and, and everything. It's, uh, you know, and uh, Dave and Leslie, all these things come at something of a cost, but we want this vision to see the glory of God come in all sorts of different ways. Uh, and uh, in our lives, and there are times at which the commitment of that obviously is to uh, is to give, uh, is to see that happen. So, just a so quote here from Toza: "As base a thing as money often is, yet it can be transmuted. It's a bit an old-fashioned quote into everlasting treasure." It can be converted into food for the hungry and clothing for the poor. It can keep a missionary actively winning uh, the lost, uh, lost men and women to the light of the gospel and thus transmute itself into heavenly values. Any temporal possession can be turned into everlasting wealth. Whatever is given to Christ is immediately touched with immortality. And those little stories just told, that's if you like what's happened. 
you know, money, as amongst other things as well, prayer and time and commitment and love, but money has been transmuted into something immortal, into something that's much harder to measure, something that's much more uh, worthwhile. Now, Jesus obviously speaks to us in all sorts of ways to the Sermon on the Mount, which is very provocative about Christian lifestyle, was clear. It just says, when you give, there's something of the give of Christians uh, that's part of the life of God for us. Jesus quoted in Acts 20, it's better to give than to receive. There's huge challenges for us, but huge privileges. Okay, let's get a little practical, just in terms of where we're at as a church. There's a few pie charts. Here's the first pie chart. Can't see that? Oh, dear. Pie I have eaten. Pie I have not yet eaten. Okay, I know some of you don't always like pie charts. You really can't see that at all. That one was doing the rounds on the internet, I noticed. I quite like this one. Things people say when I write with my left hand. I'm left-handed. This does honestly happen. I have, insert random relative, who is left-handed. Left-handers are so creative. I don't tend to get that one so much, funnily enough. How can you write like that? Well, that's partly when, in, yeah, which I can't, yeah. And, and this is true, this is true. So you pick up a pen, you use the left hand, and they go, are you left-handed? That kind of happens. One more, one more. This, just to gauge it before we look at the real ones. Understanding pie charts. In the red, people who understand pie charts. In the yellow, people who don't understand pie charts. This may be a little bit rotten. Here's... Here's our pie charts, our real ones. So this is, we've been showing these the last couple of weeks. Um, Our six months worth of regular income and regular expenses, just in terms of where we've got to search. Here's our income. And as I said last week, that's what in the notes is, this represents what we see poured out in uh, Exodus 36 of the generosity of the Israelites at suddenly giving to the work of God. This is what this represents. This is your and my giving to the work of God to see God's glory come. And we say thank you very much. Thank you so much for doing that. And uh, so that's our sort of regular income over the six-month period from January, from when we first started coming to Harris, £153,000. Our regular expenses, that heart to see God's glory come in terms of giving outside of sales, two cap, uh, two food bank, two, uh, you know, the Fab Friday, and the Connect communities, and the, the global work we do, and, uh, and meeting here, and of course all the background things that make that happen, you know, photocopies, and all the really dull stuff, you know, the tables built five cubits uh, by five cubits and stuff, but supporting all of that. And as you can see, one of the things we are wanting to just uh, highlight, let you guys know about, about the challenges we want to be a church moving forward, building for God's glory, is over the last six months, in terms of our regular giving, uh, regular expense, there's, uh, that's like about a £7,000 gap, okay? And our sort of regular and regular isn't quite, uh, regular income to regular expense isn't quite tying up month by month. Now, we kind of knew where we were heading into this as we came to Harris and increased our costs there and as say, uh, and in other places as well and keep wanting to give globally and all the rest of it. Now, that gap doesn't mean, I say it doesn't mean we haven't met the costs. Okay, please come be really clear because we have been taking up special offerings, of course, and we've used some of the special offering uh, in the last one and indeed we will this one to cover some of those gaps. So kind of say within what God has blessed us with and the spirit of generosity he's poured out on us and you guys giving, we are paying for everything. 
This is wonderful. You can say, hallelujah, this is great, Stu. This is not, we're not sort of not paying bills or we're not, you know, we even have some reserves in place. We're in a very uh, financially healthy situation, which is a challenge in of itself because you want to use the money for the kingdom and not just sit on it. So we're in a very financially healthy point of view uh, position in so many ways. But, it, but since we've increased some expenses, it does mean that um, our just regular month-by-month income isn't quite meeting our regular month-by-month expenses. And we've been covering some of the gaps with a special offering. And obviously today we're taking up a special offering and we can use some of it again for, if you like, our regular stuff. Now, long term, that's obviously not the direction we want to go. And that's really uh, what I was saying that right now. We're going to come to it again a bit more practically as we give and we give to the special offering. But um, so thank you so much. We are paying for everything. The glory of God, we believe, has been extended through us in all manner of ways, both here and abroad and stuff. Uh, but there is some practical, regular, regular we'd love to see uh, grow. Now, uh, just go really practically for a second. Of course, there's all sorts of ways uh, that that can happen. We don't deal in goat's hair and onyx stones okay, in the 21st century. It looks a bit different in terms of giving. There is this thing called gift aid, okay, which is worth, it was on the income uh, chart there, the gift aid over six months, £30,000. That's what you get can get back if you give to charities, a UK taxpayer, you can claim 20p, 25p and every pound back from the government, from the tax that you've paid. And as you can see, it makes quite a difference. So we could increase some of our uh, regular giving, potentially, if any of you here are already giving to us and you're a UK taxpayer and haven't done gift aid. And so we can be really practical and say, please do the gift aid, good stewardship, and that will make a difference uh, without any of us actually having to find any more money, if you like. Of course, we are always looking at expenses. How can we save and cut down expenses? Uh, you know, it is something that goes on. I just want to let you know that uh, I think we recently signed up to another um, utilities bill. It really is not riveting, right? Looking at those things. But if you can save money on the electricity that can do a little bit more for the kingdom elsewhere, that's a good thing. And I know Lana had been shopping, shopping around and I signed some forms and we do that. We do occasionally get in uh, grants and funds from other things. The youth have done some things where Chris has run funding. We do look into those things, and we do want to make that happen. And increasingly, with Drummond, our building not being used as uh, much as it has been, there's some opportunities there which we, you know, that we need to think about how we can use in terms of rental. Drummond has always made us a bit of money in terms of rental, never loads, but it always has made a bit, and who knows if that can expand. So we do those things right. But the heart of God is always for his generosity flowing through us. That's the main thing. That's the way it works, where he captures our heart for his uh, glory to be built, and we give generously to that. And that's what we want to be doing as a church. That's what we are doing. That's what we want to keep doing. Now, just before we take up the offerings and we go through some forms again and we get really practical, it is massively important to remember that that story of the Israelites, when God says, give these things, goat's hair, gold, bronze, onyx stones, where have they got that stuff from? Who's given it to them? Well, ultimately God, and they got it, almost certainly, it's not totally clear, but they got it through the Egyptians. When God redeemed them from Egypt, and he, as they, by the time that they were so repulsive to the Egyptians, they're literally kicking out their slaves rather than want to hang on to him. God did something so miraculous and favourable that he said, now go to them, just take stuff from them. And they just gave them riches and gifts to leave. So 
God was only, in that sense, asking them to give what he'd already given them to them as they'd been redeemed. It all come from God. But he'd given it to them, was looking for that passion, that heart, that generosity. Say, yes, I really want to be in on this, on God's glory, building for his glory. Listen, you can only give what God's already given you. This isn't about finding what you haven't already, haven't got at the moment. If there's nothing more you feel you can do with the heart, then you can't do it. We're all in the same boat on this, right? So the challenging of whole giving and, you know, you know, paying for things as a family and paying your rent bills, it's the same world we're all living in. I, you know, I'm mindful, we, as, a, as a family, we, we, we do fine, but we get tax credits from the government with four kids. It's very helpful. You know, in the news, they're sort of going to be going down over the next few months, the last financial year there was a cut there's a bit less money for us in that way it's the world I live in it's the world you live in we can only give what God has given to us but God is generous to us and looking to stir up generosity from us and through us let's be full of faith in that sense which comes on to the three things I want us to uh, to do really practical this one so first of all we're about to take up the special offering um please Give generously to the special offering. 20% of everything raised will be given outside of us. Uh, we will be giving uh, a, a large part of that to the refugee crisis through tier funds. Again, we've used tier fund quite a number of times or given through a, a very reputable uh, organisation. They have a refugee crisis appeal. We want to give money towards that. Obviously, it's been an unused uh, various people describing it as the you know biggest sort of migrant crisis since World War II and all sorts of things, but it's a huge, huge thing. It sort of disappeared off the news a little bit at the moment, but uh, you know it hasn't just stopped, right? And uh, so we want to give to that. We do want to give uh, to Guinea the ongoing work there, the church and the school, uh, and there's some plans for some other churches to send some provisions to them. So money can be used in all sorts of ways there, and obviously we have real relationship with them. Uh, and as has already been said, we do want to give some money to Edward and Empo and the great work we've just heard very briefly about that they're doing in Lesotho and Hope Church Africa. So we're going to, as you give the special offering, uh, we're going to give 20% outside of sales and, uh, and do that. And if you have forgotten or, you know, you sort of come not sure about things, we do have um, IOU slips, which we'll be given out in a second. And please, so, you know, think, what is it I want to give? Jot it down. Make that commitment to God as we'll come and put it in the big orange bucket in a second. Secondly, pray. So genuinely, genuinely, God, the, God only called the Israelites to give what he'd already given them through his redemption, through how he'd saved them, through his generosity. And so we have to look to God. We do have to look to God. This is, you know, and in one sense, some of you hear, that, oh, you know, we could do with a bit more money. We could do with a bit more money. God knows it's always a dangerous thing as well, saying we could do with a bit more money, is it? Because you, you kind of, there's a danger you never quite stop. But I brought to you those figures briefly. We've got to look to God. Let God will you bless us. Do you know, this time at the last special offering, six months ago, and we were sort of looking at the fact, just the few weeks beforehand, uh, we basically had a gift of £10,000 from outside the church. Totally unexpected and random. Somebody just in the, uh, had, had been living in the area for ages, an older uh, couple, and they just sent us £10,000. Fantastic, wasn't it? Fantastic. And some of you may remember that as we put. So we've got to look to God. Who knows what he's going to do, how he's going to bless us. But pre- please, will you pray? Please, will you pray? Say, God, will you bless us, bless me, all the rest of it. Oh, and, uh, and finally, 
do consider your own regular finances. Now, here's what I'd like to say. Literally, I, I doubt most of us can just turn the tap on a bit more next month or all the rest of it. I would love you to hold this message, if you like, the practical sense of building for God's glory and just where we're at as a church practically and moving forward in, say, the next six months. This is not magic. I just, because we live in this real world of, um, you know, maybe you think, well, I've got a bit more straight away and I'm really, that's what I want to do, then fantastic. I imagine for loads of us that's not quite the case, but I'm hoping your heart is thinking, well, God, I do want to be a part of this. What are you calling me to do? Let me consider. And this is not a panic. We're not panicking. God is blessing us. We're paying all the bills. But we do want to grow. We want to grow in all sorts of things, don't we? We'd love to grow a bit in this area. So please sort of hold the message as you can. Chat with your spouse. If you've got a spouse, think about it. Pray a bit about it. Think over the next few months period. And if at some point you feel like, yeah, I can just increase my regular giving a bit by some kind of percentage, whatever, thank you so much. That'd be wonderful. And if you just never get there, you know, it's just great. Well, let's be praying all together. I mean, look around you now. I mean, honestly, look around. This is an us thing. It has to be an us thing as you're considering yourself. But it's like that we're all in this. We're all seeking God's glory. So hold the thought, consider over the next uh, few months. Uh, really roughly... 10% would see us probably really quite clear in terms of our regular giving to our regular expenditure. That's quite a lot in so many ways, but 10% is a kind of a ballpark. That would be a tremendous sort of financial growth for us. Amen? At the end of Exodus, after all that dull stuff repeated, it suddenly gets in the final few verses colossally exciting again. And here's right near the end, it says, Then the cloud, meaning the glory of God, covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Take up the offering, God said. Describes all that they're supposed to be building. They take up the offering. There's more than enough. Describes them building it again. It gets built. The glory of the Lord comes and fills the tabernacle. We want that, don't we? We want moments like that. Sometimes some of the money stuff maybe is a bit dull, but we, it's part of what we're called to do as we look to see God's glory come in different ways and at different times and see what he's got for us. So please, let's be praying, let's believe for that, and let's be seeing God's generosity flow through us in that way. I'm going to pray. We're going to call the band back up, and, uh, and then we're going to celebrate God, and, uh, and we'll take up the special offering. We probably turn the lights back on again now if you want as well. It feels quite gloomy in a moment. But let me pray. Father, we thank you for your generosity to us, Lord. We thank you for your ultimate giving of Jesus to us, Lord. The verse in Corinthians saying, You who were rich became poor for us, so that we who were poor could become rich, Lord Jesus. We do recognize that we have everything we need from you, Lord Jesus. You're such a generous God. We believe you are leading us. Uh, via, via hand forward as a church, Lord, into the stuff you've got for us to build for your glory. And we pray lead us forward in our finances, Lord. Please bless us, Lord Jesus. Provide everything for us. You say you're the God that provides for us. You call us to have faith in that. You call us to look to you and to no one else, Lord. We believe it all comes from you. We believe, you know, the streets pay with gold picture of heaven, Lord. You really have it all, Lord God. And we do pray amongst many other blessings. Pour out financial blessing on us. Let it flow through from us, Lord, for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.